Hello and welcome back or welcome to the Radley Breakfield Show. I am your host, Radley Breakfield. I hope uh, you're listening on either Spotify, Apple, or YouTube. I post weekly on YouTube as well, so shout out to YouTube. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe to all three. Help me out, help, help a brother out. <clears throat> it's, uh, it's Thursday evening right before the, the weekend gets started. I'm looking forward to hopefully a nice relaxing weekend. Nothing crazy going on. Just going to be chilling, watching some ball more than likely all weekend long. Currently getting ready for this uh, Titans-Packers game to kick off. I thought that was a cool little story that uh, Aaron Rodgers and Marshawn Lynch did together. And, you know, I've always wondered. I never see a whole lot about that because I know that I knew that they had played in college together, but I never have seen any news articles or stories or like anything on Instagram, Twitter, you know, anything like that. I've never seen anyone really acknowledge that they played together in college, which I thought was pretty cool to see their their little time that they had there together. Today's show layout, we're going to be hitting a couple news things, nothing, not a whole lot going on, nothing too crazy, you know, sad deal up there in Moscow, Idaho, those uh, four college kids that were murdered by one guy, if you haven't heard about that, go go look at it on tw- Twitter or TikTok or anything, it's a nasty deal, it's really gross, you know, it's, it's in Idaho, which of all places, I grew up in Montana, so it's weird, you know, I thought crime was bad down here in Louisiana, but it just seems to be going everywhere, but sad deal prayers out to the families of the victims and whatnot it's just i guess it was one of the gruesomest murders that have ever that that placement's ever seen but i'm like it's moscow idaho how many people how many how many murders have they seen so nasty deal there but a couple other news things gonna hit one love one hate segment in my top 10 favorite college games of the week where i'm putting my money and then my five favorite nfl games of the week where i'm putting my money college football season is sadly coming to an end here we only have two weeks left i'm gonna have to pretty much reinvent my whole show after after that's done but we'll figure it out you know nfl we still got a ways to go here so but definitely excited for this titans packers game tonight i think it should be a good one i'm i'm gonna ride packers tonight i, I put a little bet together before i started recording of uh and i'm gonna jinx myself again i'm not even gonna talk about it because i said that about aj brown and then he goes lost and they didn't and aj brown never scored touchdowns i'm gonna tell you my bet because i feel like i'm always in mush and all my picks always seem to go wrong we'll, we'll see how the cleveland report does tomorrow Pray for chaos parlay is gonna be gonna be a good one I think as well so probably gonna have to write it. <clears throat> but a couple news things here: Tom Brady sent out a big long text to Antonio Brown, you know, talking about how he doesn't like people that he surround him with, how AB is a better person than this, all this, all this, all this stuff, and AB still being the child and the clown that he is proceeds to screenshot it and post it on a Snapchat, which I think just makes him look worse when. Could tell Tom Brady was trying to be genuine and wasn't happy with the way his friend was living his life, and so he felt the need to speak his mind, which is totally fair as a friend. And AB decides to still be a child about everything and post it online, which I'm, I just thought was a childish move. And I'm like, you obviously don't value anybody's friendship. I that's not somebody I personally want to be associated with. So he's just a loser at this point in his life. But by far the biggest NFL news has to. Well, I don't know. We'll see. Ndamukong Sue signing with the Eagles today because that just makes them more dominant up front, especially with Jordan Davis being out for a little bit. They're going to be able to mix more guys in now once you know Jordan Davis comes back. And Ndamukong Sue, I mean, he's won a Super Bowl. He was one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL for about, what, eight to ten years straight. He was the best defensive tackle in the NFL other than maybe Aaron Donald, like depending on what you consider him. But, I mean, absolute force. He hasn't played yet this year so hopefully he's still in shape but I think he can be an absolute weapon 
for the Eagles now and make them even better than their defense already is, especially up front in that front four because, you know, you can mix mix and mix and match and kind of move things around. So we'll see what happens there. But they're definitely going to make them even more of a contender, in my opinion. They've just racking up the dudes this year. Like, they're a team that's just full of dudes and guys that you can name. That's why everyone loves them because it's like, oh, yeah, I know that guy, I know that guy, I know that guy, I know that guy. Like, geez louise, man. They're just loading up, and it's absolutely insane. Another big piece of news that was floating around the NFL this week was uh, somebody, I don't remember who, but I'd give him a shout-out, I guess. Somebody found out that uh, Trent Williams is tipping his plays. Um, I think when it's a pass play, he's kind of sitting more back. When it's a run play, he's kind of more down on the ground, ready to, you know, attack forward. And then you get this whole debate of ex-NFL guys saying, oh, he's not tipping his – He's not tipping what the play is, yada, yada, yada. And then you have all the football nerds and the guys that don't play in the NFL that are all like, I don't know. It looks to me like he's tipping because whoever this guy was, he went through every single play and every every time he would look at Trent Williams. And depending on if it was a pass, he'd be sitting back. If it was a run, he was always sitting forward every single play. So I'm like, that's pretty evident to me, at least, that he's kind of tipping what they're going to do. So whatever i'm not i'm not an nfl expert i guess i didn't i didn't play in the league it's just it's just information i've seen a little bit of hollywood news that i gave a shit about not the taylor swift stuff no one no one cares if you couldn't buy her tickets she i don't understand why everyone likes taylor swift she's made some bangers here and there but really it's never that good but my biggest piece of hollywood news out of this week quentin tarantino is apparently working on a limited series 8 episode what a project, I guess, is what you'd call it. I'm not sure on what platform it's going to be on, but, you know, eight eight little mini-movies almost in a sense because usually the episodes are 50 to an hour long, so you're getting about two, three full movies. So interested to see what it's going to be about, interested to see who he casts. You know, he always seems to have very stellar and wild and amazing casts all put together. They're just always brilliant. So I personally love his movies, so I'm excited for that. I think it could be something that's hopefully really cool and kind of, one of those limited series that just kind of pops off and people talk about for a long time. And then the weirdest piece of news I saw this week has to be that there's this flock of sheep located in Mongolia that just is continuously going in circle. Just keep on going in circle and circle and circle. They've been doing it for 10 days straight and no one knows why. Devil, man, that's all I got to say. I think it's the devil because sheep are like a notorious animal that is related to Satanism and all that stuff. So it's got to be got to be the devil. That's just my that's my guess. That's my prediction. I'd be surprised if that's not the case because we're living in the end of times. One big period. The world's coming to an end. We all know it. <clears throat> now for my one love, one hate. This week I'm loving on soup. A little, little bit cold down here in Louisiana. I'm getting really acclimated. It got down to the 50s, 60s, you know, and I was literally freezing my ass off the past couple of days. Well, my family in Montana has been dealing with like 20 degree, 10 degree weather, and I'm down here dealing with the 50, just as cold as they probably are. Not really, but, you know, when you do the math and the numbers, it just makes sense. But point blank period, been having soup the past couple of days. I started a new medicine a while ago that was really fucking with my stomach. Was eating a lot of soup then too. There's just... Soup is always top tier. You can never go wrong with soup. Soup is one of the best things that the Lord has ever created for us. I love soup. I, there's never a bad time for soup unless it's like 100 degrees outside and you're like, I can't really eat soup. But once it gets down to even the 70s, dude, a nice bowl of soup. I had a nice bowl of clam chowder for lunch today. Campbell's Chunky. Oh, to die for. 
that's that's what wakes me up in the morning right there. But I am hating on something that I might get some hate for it even myself. I don't know. With Thanksgiving around the corner, I'm hating on stuffing. I hate stuffing. It tastes disgusting to me. It's like it tastes like wet, soggy bread. I just don't like stuffing. I've never liked stuffing. Every time when Thanksgiving came around, I would make sure not even touch the stuffing. I've tried it before, and I still don't like it as an adult. So I hate you, stuffing. Please stay out of my life. I already instructed the wife we're not having stuffing on Thanksgiving because it'll make me throw up. It won't, but that's how much I hate it. So I'm sorry if you're a stuffing fan, but I'm just not, I'm not a stuffing guy. And I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings, but I really don't give a shit. So that's that. Moving on to my top 10 favorite college football games of the weekend. Like I said last week, a lot of these games are going to be more focused on playoff outcome, conference championships, you know, the important stuff that all that all matters. So, you know, there's there's been a lot of turmoil this week about the playoff rankings. You know, people weren't happy that LSU's at 6 and USC's at 7. But I think it makes that makes more sense to me, you know. And then there's the clip of Stephen A. Smith going going around where he was saying that TCU doesn't have the resume that Ohio State, Michigan, and Georgia do. When, I, in my personal opinion, I think TCU's resume is better than all three, and they, their strength of record shows that, and their strength of schedule shows that it's all higher than the other three. And he couldn't even go look at his own network that he works for website where all that information is listed. It was basically just put out for clips. Like he doesn't watch college football. He doesn't. He's not in tune as the rest of us, more than likely. So, stop blowing it up. Stop making it get more clicks because it's a stupid take. It really. It's just everyone. Everyone should know that. I mean, that's all I saw was people saying, "This is. This makes no sense. This makes no sense." Do you even watch college football? Look at the strength of record. Look at the strength of schedule. Like it's just. It was ridiculous. But you know, getting closer. Two weeks left. So. I'm praying for a lot of chaos because that's just that's what I love to see in college football, and it always brings it at some point. I have a feeling it really could be this weekend. Starting off here, Illinois, Michigan. Michigan's ranked third still. Illinois, you know, it would look better for Michigan's resume if Illinois would have been in a better spot coming into this game, not fresh off with just two or is it two or three straight losses now? I think it's only two, two back-to-back losses. Oh, no, it's only one because they lost two, and then they won one, then they lost one. Sorry. Fresh off their loss to Purdue, Illinois is kind of sitting in a bad spot right now. You know, Michigan could have used them being higher ranked, you know, being possible top 15, top 20 would have looked a lot better for their resume, especially if they were lose to Ohio State. Then then Illinois played Ohio State close. It looked better for their resume to get into the playoff. But, I mean, even if Illinois, you know, Plays, plays Michigan close, and then they still somehow make the Big Ten Championship, which I think if they lose, they're pretty much eliminated. So that could hurt them. I don't know. I think Brett Bilmo's going to come out having the fighting Illini ready to rumble. The thing that excites me the most about this game is the chance to watch Chase Brown and Blake Corum pretty much go head-to-head. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about who the better running back is this year. Everyone's saying Blake Corum more than likely just because he plays at Michigan. But Chase Brown has been carrying the Illinois offense. He's been an absolute force and wrecking ball to deal with this season. So I'm excited to see what he can do, you know, kind of see where more Michigan's defense is at too. If if Chase Brown's able to have a stellar game, there's going to be a lot of question marks if, if Michigan can stop the run. I mean, you go against a team like Georgia, like I was almost going to say there, they're going to pound you with the ball. So very interesting to see there, see where Michigan's defense is going to be at. Excited to see if Illinois is, you know, 
just had a couple down games and they're kind of bouncing back up. I'm taking Illinois plus 18 here. I think the game is going to be a lot closer. I'm, I'm thinking more like 14, 17, you know, so I'm, I'm going to take Illinois plus 18. I think there is somehow a chance that if it's just not Michigan's day, you know, a look-ahead spot for them to the big game with Ohio State next weekend, there's a chance that Illinois comes out. Brett Bilma, you know, he's won games like this before, so I, I think there's a small chance Illinois could upset, and I might put them in the pray for chaos parlay because that's just how much of a wild boy I am. Next game. TCU, Baylor, like I said, all the talk about TCU last week, all that doesn't doesn't matter. TCU is going to make the college ball playoff. They're going to win these next two games, and then they're going to win the Big 12 championship, and they're going to go to the playoff, and I bet they're going to win a game. I'm just, I said it last, last week or last episode. I have a lot of faith in TCU. I think they beat Baylor pretty easily. I'm taking TCU minus two and a half. I just – I don't – I don't feel like Sunny Dykes doesn't have this team prepared. I mean, they're battle diverse. They have big wins like every other week or something like that, but they, they just keep finding ways to win. I think they're going to do that this weekend against Baylor, and I think they cover the spread. Kansas State, West Virginia, you know, Kansas State can inch a lot closer to locking up a spot in the Big 12 championship. They need to win their next two games, and they're in. As far as I know, I, mean, I didn't do too much research or digging in to see, like, if they were to win this one and lose next week or lose this one and win next week, like, with that all, I didn't dig too much, but they control their own destiny. They're at the head of the table right now. They win their next two. They're in. I I think that they can beat West Virginia. I, I really do, but West Virginia has been a weird team this year. They've played like shit at times, but then they've come out of nowhere, and they've they've you know kept it close. I mean, they beat Oklahoma last week. I'm going to take the over here at 54.5. I, I feel like it's going to be you know Kansas State is going to put up 40. West Virginia put up 20 or 35, 24, something like that. I, I feel like it's going to be a high-scoring game. I do think Kansas State might come out on top, but I do think there's a small chance that West Virginia just plays one of those agents of chaos this weekend and upsets Kansas State. Georgia, Kentucky, you know, last real test for Georgia before the SEC championship. They got Georgia Tech next week, so nothing nothing to worry about there. They should take care of business there. I mean, it's a rivalry game, so you never know, but we'll see what happens here with Kentucky. You know, they're dismal performance last week against Vanderbilt and Will Levis's lack of ability. I usually don't take spreads this big, but the spread's at 22 and a half. I'm, I'm going to take Georgia minus 22 and a half. I, I think Georgia just kind of tears, tears Kentucky up, although it is at home. So part of me was like, I almost leaned Kentucky, but I'm like, the way Will Levis played last week and all the shit I was talking about him, he's not going to perform good. It's just probably wrong. I probably just jinxed it. So I would take Kentucky money line because now they're somehow going to pull off the upset. Maybe I just put it in reverse. I don't know. Just pick one of those two would be my guess. Ohio State, Maryland, you know, kind of the same thing for Ohio State as Michigan. You know, could be a look-ahead spot with the big game against Michigan next week. Maryland is a good team. I mean, they're 6-4 and four right now. They've had ups and downs. I mean, their offense is there. I think this could be a huge shootout game. But much like the Illinois-Michigan game, I'm going to ride the underdog here. Maryland plus 27.5. I could see... I could see Maryland keeping it at about 24. I really can. I think this game's going to be a lot closer than people think it should be. And like I said, I think both Ohio State and Michigan are going to kind of not be locked in looking ahead to next week. So it's going to be Illinois and Maryland pushing for some upsets this week. And shit, if they were both to pull off some upsets, the the college world would be shook because the Big Ten would probably eliminate itself because they'd be like, how did you guys lose to those teams? You know, when they're good football teams, in my opinion. So we'll see. But I think Maryland plus 27.5 is the bet there. 
Miami, Clemson. You know, Clemson's back in the top 10. And I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know that Miami has been bad this year. But so has Clemson. Clemson hasn't been as good as their record shows, in my opinion. I think Miami's going to somehow come out and win this game, get themselves bowl eligible. Mario Cristobal is just going to have somehow have the right game plan in place, and it's just going to be an absolute shit show for Clemson. They're not going to have their offense going, and Miami is going to pull off the upset, probably put them in a paper chaos parlay because that, I'm just a wild boy like that. Tennessee, South Carolina, the next game that makes my, my big heart jiggle. I, I don't know. I was going to say something about, you know, but, you know, whatever. I may just be wanting this to happen in this game. I may just be wanting Tennessee to go in to the cockpit and get beat up by the Cocks. I think the Gamecocks somehow are just magically are going to win this game. I, I just looked at it and I was like, you know, the spread, you know, Tennessee is pretty favored. I, I really like it. But then the more I sat there and just looked at the game, I was like, South Carolina is going to win this one. South Carolina is going to pull off the upset somehow and basically ruin Tennessee's season. So I'm, I'm going South Carolina money line. Shane Beamer is just going to put together a master class of a game plan. It's going to be a wild ride. It's going to come down to the wire, and somehow South Carolina is going to come out on top. I don't know. That's just that's what I think is going to happen. So whatever. We'll see what happens. USC, UCLA. USC is the biggest hope for the Pac-12 to get a team in the playoff. This is the biggest USC-UCLA game in years. Lincoln Riley versus Chip Kelly at the Rose Bowl, a sold-out crowd under their standards. You know, this is the first time this game has mattered in a really long time, honestly. It's going to be a really good game. I mean, like I said, Lincoln Riley, Chip Kelly, two very good offensive minds. I think they're going to have a right game plan in place. I really do like the over here. But going back to USC, they have to win this game. If they lose this game, there's no way in hell a two-loss Pac-12 championship team will get in the playoff, even though their resume might show that they deserve it because top top half of the Pac-12 has looked really good this year, and they've all beat up on each other. So that could place into their advantage if some chaos ensued. But I think UCLA is going to win this game. I really do. I just The Pac-12 is going to shoot itself in the foot. Lincoln Riley, you know, he always seems to lose these kind of games, in my opinion. So I'm just going to go UCLA money line. I think Chip Kelly gets the job done here. We'll see what happens, but that's just, that's just what I'm riding this week. The possible, I would say, second biggest game of the weekend, and it's the second biggest game in the Pac-12, is Utah versus Oregon. Both teams have two losses. Both One is non-conference, the other is in conference. I think that if you lose this game, whether you're Utah or Oregon, you are more than likely out of the Pac-12 championship game because especially if USC were to win, they're going to lock in their spot there. So both these teams really need this win, and I really, really didn't know who to pick here. So I looked at my wife. She was sitting in the office with me when I was doing my show prep. I was like, who would you pick, Utah or Oregon? And she said, Oregon, so that's the pick. I'm going Oregon money line here. Utah's favorite at minus 2.5. I think Oregon wins this game. I, I like Bo Nix. You know, this game is at home. I have a little bit more faith in them. You know, they had that upsetting loss to Washington, but they still can get back to the Pac-12 championship and still, still win it. I think a win would really almost – damn near secure their spot if they can beat Oregon State next week, which will be a tough game for them as well. But I think Oregon, I'm, I'm riding with what my wife said, Oregon money line. That's the pick. The last game, this was a hard one to find, but my tenth, what the 10th game would be, 
Georgia Tech, North Carolina. I just kind of wanted to shout out Drake May again because I've been I've been on Drake May for a couple weeks now. I mean, I liked him early in the season. I've I've kind of talked about North Carolina quite a bit, but I really do love Drake May. I think they will win. I think they'll cover the spread, but I'm more confident in the the over at 62 and a half because North Carolina has been weird on defense at times, and if the offense isn't necessarily there, which I don't think that that's ever going to be the case until Drake May is gone. So I'm taking the over there at 62 and a half. I think there's going to be quite a few points. Big game for Drake May. Just going to keep doing what he does. Now moving to my five favorite NFL games of the weekend. Starting off with uh, Browns versus Bills game. <laughs> I've kind of talked about it more just because of what the what the news has been about it. You know, it's supposed to be six feet of snow in Buffalo. So they end up moving the game to Detroit. So we'll see what happens, you know. I, at first, if it was going to still be in Buffalo or they moved to Cleveland, I was like, I feel like in Cleveland it's still going to be cold. But since Detroit has a dome, I really thought it was going to be kind of a slugfest game. But because it's in a dome, I literally switched once I found out it was in Detroit from the under to the over at 42.5. I feel there's going to be a lot of points in this game. Nick Chubb's going to get a couple tutties. Josh Allen's going to throw like three or four. You know, It's just going to be one of those games where points are just scored. So I'm taking the over at 42.5 there. I think the Bills do bounce back, though, and win this game. Eagles, Colts, Eagles just lost their first game of the season. You know, sometimes you you want to get that first loss out of the way because it kind of, in a sense, it's over with. You don't have to worry and hear all the noise of, what if you go undefeated? What if you go undefeated? What if you go undefeated? It's like, okay, we lost the game. Perfect. We're done talking about it. No more undefeated season. I mean, the Eagles, you know, just brought in Adamic and Sue. They, the locker room vibe, it seemed like after the loss was like, Whatever, it's good. We got a loss out of the way. We're all right. We're still good, you know. But I don't know why. I just feel like the Eagles are going to go on a little bit of a weird downhill turn here, and they're going to lose to the Colts. So I'm going Colts money line. After I saw that win on Sunday, I'm now rooting for Jeff. Sat- After I saw that win on Sunday, I'm rooting for Saturday. If you get what I mean. Yeah, I know it's a stupid little pun there, but I'm going to take Colts money line. I don't know why. I just have a weird feeling that the Colts are somehow going to win this game. I just do. Cowboys-Vikings, I really don't know how the Cowboys are favored in this game. I mean, I know the Vikings haven't looked great, but, I mean, they've gotten quite a few wins, and they just keep keep seeming to find ways to win no matter what and getting the job done. So I'm thinking Vikings money line. I think it was the spread was two and a half, maybe three in Cowboys' favor, which just does not make sense to me. This game's back at home for Minnesota. They've, I mean, they're back at home. They don't have to worry about travel. They just got back. They held a whole, They had the whole week to rest in their own home practice at home you know all that stuff so i'm going vikings money line i don't i don't get why the cowboys are favored it just doesn't doesn't make sense to me i know that you might not be a big fan of Kirk cousins or whatever but i don't know what vegas thinks they know but i think they're wrong on this one Bengals steelers a rematch of week one where the Bengals got dominated up front and almost came back and pulled off the upset and over or not the upset but the comeback in overtime you know, the Steelers in that game, they beat the shit out of Joe. The offensive line looked horrible, and then they followed it up the next week against Micah Parsons. They looked horrible. I'm curious to see what's going to happen here. I I think I'm going to ride with the under. I feel like the Steelers don't have the offensive power, and I think that the Bengals are going to find a way to sneak out a couple good drives, get a couple touchdowns. I think that the win, but the Steelers, their offense hasn't looked great most of the season. I mean, Matt Canada kind of put together a decent week last week, but I think I'm going to go just with the under. I do think the Bengals will win, though. And I, with T.J. Watt back, I mean, he could put a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure on 
oh, you know what? No, Steelers are going to win because there's a stat going around that after every team, after they play the Panthers, and even if they have a bye week the next week, they lose their next game. So Steelers' money line is actually the pick. I totally forgot about that. So I'm going to say that, and it's not going to work. So Steelers' money line. Last game to close out the show here. Chiefs versus Chargers, another Sunday night game for the Chargers. This one's back at home. The spread was set at six, I believe. Six, maybe even seven in the favor of the of the Chiefs. You know, the Chargers at times this year have looked really good, and at times you're kind of like, what are they doing, you know? They consistently have guys injured, it seems like, too. I think the Chiefs are going to win this one, but I, I do feel like there's going to be a lot of points added. The over-unders at 50.5, I'm taking the over. I don't. I don't feel that there's a way that that doesn't hit, in my opinion. I, I just like it, everything about it. I think Justin Herbert has himself a decent game, and I'm, I feel like you know the Chiefs are going to do Chief things and just keep getting the job done. But that's today's show. I hope you have a great weekend. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Send it to someone that you're thankful for with Thanksgiving coming up around the corner. I appreciate you. I love you. Don't forget to sh like, share, subscribe. But for now, your boy Titties is out.